Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can go ahead and, and turn to the book of John. Specifically, we're going to be in chapter 6. And we're going to be focusing, uh, ultimately, it's not going to feel like it, maybe not, but we're, we're going to be focusing on uh, the, the last verses in, in chapter 6 of John, in verses 59 through 69. And it's a, the message is titled, Loaves and Love. But to get to that magic and in the middle, uh, we're going to have to move through the but, loaves, or excuse me, not. We're going to have to move through the not, the loaves not love, as we journey together through, uh, through chapter 6 here. And to get there, it's going to require a little bit of an overview of chapter 6. And this chapter for me has, has kind of become a, a life chapter. How many of you have a, have a life verse Yes. How about a life chapter? How about a life book? You know, Book of Ruth comes to mind for me. It, yeah. You know, so, so it, and, and the great thing about life verses or life chapters is, is you know, they can change too. They can change with seasons. Um, and and this, this particular book was very instrumental for me over the last couple years and specifically about two years ago. And it's, uh, it's still proven to be just such an awesome, awesome chapter. Uh, it's got a lot of words in red. And what does that mean? That's Jesus talking. And when Jesus is talking, we want to listen. And that's, that's what we want to do. And, and, I, and I love reading sections of scripture about Jesus and seeing how he navigated life. And through that navigation, he was cunning and gentle. He was able to be one-on-one -on -one or in a group of people. And he was always speaking to the heart, to the heart of the person, to the heart of the situation. You see, our life is about people. And, and pretty much if you think about it, everything boils down. Any problem or any joy that you have in your life has to do with people, right? And Jesus is about people. And of Jesus, the Bible said that he knew the hearts of men. He knew them. He knew what was inside. He knew what they were up to. He knows your heart as a woman. He, he would know when those that came to ask him questions, he would know, are they being sincere? He would know if they came with their own agenda. If they came maybe wanting to manipulate the situation or control the situation. And how many times do we read in scripture where someone comes to Jesus and asks him a question and at first read, Jesus gives this answer, and we're like, what in the world was it like? Did you really even answer the question? And in deeper, with a deeper look and, and getting the context, we see, oh yeah. Why? Because he was getting right to the point. He was getting right to the heart. Now, we're not God. We're not Jesus. We don't necessarily know the hearts of men. But guess what? We can ask for discernment, right? And we're to ask for discernment. We're to ask God to reveal things to us, to give us revelation. 
and not for tomorrow, for like right now. And right now. Amen? And we want to know what Jesus is up to. We want to know how to navigate this life. And also what's, what, I, what I love in looking at Jesus, you know, and in, in, in even thinking about even me tonight sharing with you guys, you know, it's like a promise that I really hold on to is, is that, you know what, you, we may not always know in the exact moment what we're going to say, what words, what words uh, you know, that we'll use. But the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will give us the words at the exact right time. Do you believe that? I mean, I, I, I do, you know, and I, and I want to grow in the confidence of that. I want to hold on to that as a promise. Like, no kidding, Jesus is going to, he's going to hook me up in the moment with this person, with this situation. So I love watching him move through the interactions in Scripture. And we get to learn from him as a disciple. And you guys know what that word disciple means, yes? Learner. We're learning. We're getting to be the disciples of Jesus. And my hope in, 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 in moving through my own life with my family, in, in my work environment, with strangers, is that I'm boldly speaking to the heart of the person. That I'm speaking directly to the situation that's in front of me. Because, guys, those, those situations, those moments aren't accidents. And we're to be good stewards of those moments. Essentially doing what it says in Ephesians 4, 13 through 15, and I'll read it to you. It says that as we're growing in Christ, and I just want to give this to you, and I want you to have the mindset of like what it is to grow in Christ. What it is as we look at what he's sharing with us in John chapter 6, and we look at his life how we are also getting, we're growing in him into the measure and stature of him. And here's what Ephesians 4 says. We're coming to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to that perfect woman, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I feel like Hulk when I read that, guys. I mean, it's just like, yes, Lord, more of you, please, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head. And who is that? Christ Jesus. And don't miss that. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, we're to be cunning but we're also to be gentle. And there's more with Jesus to, to, to move through our world, growing in him. And so what we're gonna see in chapter six is we're gonna see Jesus staying on mission, being about the Father's business, and he's consistently bringing people to the point, always bringing people to the point. And what's the point? Him. Always bringing people to him, to spirit, to truth, to salvation. He's bringing them to salvation. And guess what? He's using you and I for the same thing. We get to be ambassadors for Jesus. And he's using us. And here's the deal. Whether you like it or not, 
believer or non-believer, your family legacy goes back to Adam and Eve. And with it going back to Adam and Eve, sin came through that one man. There was this perfect relationship, this perfect relationship that man in the beginning, man and woman had with God and that relationship with sin was broken. And when I say broken, I mean like a cosmic rift. Funk. Broken. And even though that sin came through one man, there's Jesus. There's Jesus. And what did Jesus do? So sin through Adam, and then with Jesus, with his work on the cross, with his life here on planet Earth, with his death, with his resurrection, he put it all back together. And, and what I love about this, guys, I just, I love this. I, I love, my, with my non-believing friends, this is, I hang out here a lot with them. And, and, and here's where it's at, because they know it. Because Ecclesiastes, tell, Ecclesiastes tells us what? That eternity is set in our heart. We can look out at creation, and we know. They know. There's no way around it. Because you're created by God. And everything inside of you, your DNA, everything knows of that perfection. And your heart wants it again. Your heart wants that perfection. So we're made in the image of God, yes, but because of that sin, there's that flaw. And Jesus, through the work on the cross, says it is finished. And he brings God and man back together. And through him, we can walk boldly right into the throne room of grace, right? And we get to obtain that mercy. We get to obtain that grace in our time of need. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty needy. Are you needy? Amen. And we need Jesus. And so that's, that's the point, is the point is him. And he's bringing, in this chapter six, he's, he's bringing these people to him and with that said, verse 59, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? Now we're way jumping ahead. But on 50, you know, verse 59, these things he said, we're gonna look at what he said. But the things that were being said that Jesus was talking about, bringing them to him, bringing the people to the point of who he was, it says in verse 60 that therefore many of his disciples when they heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we do, we just, we put this word before you. Lord, and as we look at this chapter, we want to know you. We want to, we want to see what you have for us here. And even just by way of preview, just reading like, whoa, you know, what are these hard sayings? What are we going to read? What are we going to discover about you, Lord? And what hard sayings are you saying in our life right now, today? What more do you have for us? Where are you drawing us out to, Lord? And we want to be obedient to you in that. We really want to be your disciples, Father. We want to do the word. Help us. 
And just, uh, just even you know, thinking about that word, just even in the moment of, of what it is to come boldly into the throne room of grace, that word boldly speaks of conversation, speaks of, a, of, of, of interacting, and we get to do that. We've prayed to you, Lord. We've worshiped you. We're in the word with you, and we want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So these things he said and taught, what were they? Verses 1 through 15 and like I said, I'm going to kind of do an overview, but if you wanted, if you're taking notes and you wanted to just write, you know, one through verses one through 15 of John, uh, it's, it's of chapter six, it's where Jesus is feeding the 5,000 and he goes over to the Sea of Galilee. So when chapter six picks up, he goes over to the Sea of Galilee and there's this great multitude of people following him. And the word gives us a clue to that. And it's, it, they're following him because they had seen him healing the sick. And so he's, he's healing the sick and they're following him. So Jesus goes up on a mountain with his disciples, with the 12, with the apostles, and they have a seat. Those in Israel are going to get to kind of look where they probably were because when you're kind of there hanging out at the Sea of Galilee and where Capernaum is located because we're going to end up in Capernaum here and all of that fun stuff, you can kind of look and, you can even, and you, you're like, man, that's got to be it. I mean, with a crowd of 5,000, where else would they have been? So you can get the mental picture of, of potentially where this mountain was. And so they go up on the mountain, they have a seat, and then Jesus is looking out at the multitude, right? He's looking out at this crowd. Here he is, he's sitting down with the, with the 12, and they're coming towards him. And they're coming towards him, and, and, and as they're coming towards him, he asks Philip, hey, Philip, where, uh, where can we get some bread so that we can feed all of these people? And I love what the scripture says. It says that Jesus asked this, testing Philip, because what? Jesus already knew what he was going to do. So where is Jesus testing you right now? What area of your life is he asking you to do something beyond your own capability? You know, Philip gave some details in that. Like, you know, gosh, it would take two, I think it was 200 silver coins or something like that. You know, it's, it's just with what he could see, with what you can see, with what I can see, we ain't, we ain't going to get it done. But that we depend on Jesus in it. So what's beyond your own capability? And check this. He already knows what he's going to do. He's the author and the finisher, yet there is still free will. And we've got to, we've got to th you know, this is kind of the, we'll never get our heads around our free will and the sovereignty of God. So there's free will swimming around in here too. And we, we do have to go for it. Individually, we do have to go for it in our lives. And we've got to let God be glorified in our life. You know, when I think about him being the author and the finisher, our Lord never gets writer's block. He doesn't get writer's block, but we do, right? And so sometimes we can hinder the work that he's wanting to do in our life. And, and, and Pastor Ed, if, I don't know, three or four years ago, he gave me, he, he said something to me that really ended up being an invitation and he baked my noodle a little bit. And this is what he said, you can go as fast as you want to go. You can move and you can grow in the things of the Lord as fast as you want to. Huh? It's an invitation and it's a noodle baker. And here's, uh, you know, as reference, Hebrews uh, chapter 13, and I'll read this to you. It's uh, Hebrews 13 and it's verses 20 and 21. 
It says, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And he makes us complete. But to be complete, you've got to say yes. You've got to say yes to what the Lord is doing in your life. So Jesus feeds everyone with five loaves of bread and two fish, and there are scraps left over. So the multitude says, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus perceives they want to make, or excuse me, they, that they want to take him by force and make him king. And what's his response? He, de- he departs and he goes alone to the mountain. No, for that's not why he came. They, they wanted to make him king as if Jesus were to be of this world, as if the context is flesh, as if the Roman Empire had the model of what was to be all a worldly design. You know, and I think about it, like, as I was reading through this and thinking about it, any of you guys into historical fiction? Do you read any historical fiction novels? I'm from the South, so I've kind of, I mean... It, there's a guy named Harry Turtle Dove who writes about the Civil War and all that and like what if machine guns were involved. You know, that kind of stuff, historical fiction. I, I'll tell you, a really good book uh, by Decker, um, which is kind of, uh, it's, it's fiction, but it's also based on the word, is AD 30 and AD 33. And it's this neat, neat capturing of, uh, of Jesus and, uh, and a queen of the Nabataeans and her interaction with Jesus. But it's, it's, it's historical, but they, they take some liberties, Right. So historical fiction, this is what I was thinking. I'm like, man, what if Jesus did? What if, what if, what if, he, what if he was like, okay, cool, I'll let you guys make me king right now. He just, he just he's the ultimate provider. He just fed 5,000. And, and what's the big thing with an army? I mean, he could, he could raise a massive army and just constantly just, hey, bring me the loaf, bring me the fish, and keep feeding and keep feeding. But is that what he did? No. He knew they wanted to make him king, and he goes alone to the mountain. So he's alone there, and uh, as we look, as we continue in chapter 6, for verses 16 through 21, you could write, Jesus walks on water. So he's alone on the mountain, and the disciples hop in the only boat there to cross over to Capernaum. And, and, and take note of that. There's one boat. So, so there's the crowd. Jesus has disappeared. He, or, or he's gone to the mountain to be alone. So the disciples are kind of hanging out waiting. And they evidently know they're going to be going to Capernaum. And there's one boat there just for them. And they get in the boat and off they go to Capernaum. And I think that there was only one boat. Because Jesus, just like with Philip, knew what he was going to do. He knew what he was going to do. So the disciples are on the water. They're in a storm. They're rowing. And they become afraid. As they're rowing in the storm, they become afraid because they see Jesus walking towards them. And Jesus says to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. They willingly receive him in the boat. And boom, 
They land exactly where they were going. And trials and storms are like that. We get focused on circumstances and with what we can see, and at times we're even fearful. But then we see Jesus. He's coming towards us, or, or we're drawing close to him. Because what does the word say? As we draw close to him, he draws close to us. And so we're a little fearful. We're seeing Jesus coming towards us. And what does he say? It is I. Do not be afraid. And boom, we arrive precisely where we're supposed to be. And faith is like that. Faith can move fast, just like that. It's just like we're going through all of this stuff and, we, and, and we're, we're focused on the circumstances and, and, and we've got our eyes off of the Lord, but then all of a sudden, there he is and it just, it, it happens in an instant. And faith can move fast. And then in verses 22 through 59, Jesus shares that he is the bread of life. These verses, if, if you're aware of the message version, I would just encourage you, it's, it's, it's just a paraphrase. And I considered, but I'm not gonna do it, I considered just reading these verses 22 through 59 in the message version because one of the things that I like about it is, uh, and you've gotta be a Berean in this, is, um, it, like I said, it's just a paraphrase. But a lot of times, it'll give you the essence of, of what's going on as uh, Jesus is sharing being the bread of life. So Jesus and the disciples are now in Capernaum, right? Jesus has gotten in the boat with them. As soon as Jesus got in the boat, boom, they arrive exactly where they were supposed to be or planning to be, so they're in Capernaum. And the multitude is still seeking him. The multitude's still like, okay, where's Jesus? And lo and behold, as they come to the area next to the sea, there are these boats coming in from Tiberias. Now, mind you, when the disciples were there, there was only one boat. And I don't know, I just like this. You know, it's, 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 I, 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 I like how, how things happen and unfolds with Jesus. So these other boats are coming from Tiberias, and that allowed this crowd that was seeking him to get in the boats and go over to Capernaum. Just one boats for the disciples who went through a storm, and now the crowd has multiple boats and an easy passing. They come seeking comfort in loaves. But what about the pains? What about the hard stuff? What about the hard stuff that the, that the disciples in the boat just went through? And what does that say to us? Are we coming just for the comfort and the loaves? Or are we willing to go through the pains and the hard stuff with Jesus? And... Jesus knew what he was going to do. And he's so gracious with the crowd as he's willing to be found. He's willing to be found by those just looking for the loaves, those running from sermon to sermon, miracle to miracle. And so the crowd arrives in Capernaum. And then in verses 25 through 27, I'm going to read in chapter 6 here. It says, and when they found him on the other side of the sea, verse 25, and they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? 26, Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. 
So Christ not only knows what we do, but he knows why we do it. And, and they come to him. Now remember, they were trying to make him king, and then they come, and they're with him in Capernaum, so it's like, okay, well, rabbi. And they come to him as rabbi. And, and there's this kind of flattery and respect, but Jesus doesn't give in to that. He answers them faithfully. And what does he do? He gets right to the heart of the matter, gets right to it. They seek him for food, and they seek him for loaves, not love. And remember, we want to get past this not, and we want to get to the and. And then in verses 28 through 29, then they said to him, what shall we do? What may, uh, excuse me, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. Whoa. To the Jewish ear, they're like, okay, they're hearing this thing, so believe, believe. Because they know Moses, they know the ceremonial law, they know all of this stuff. And so now Jesus is superseded. He's like, hey, believe in him who he sent, superseding the ceremonial law. But they still want a sign. And they're in Capernaum. They're in Capernaum where, where Jesus had already performed many miracles. I, I, in my time in Israel, it was really cool. Pastor Cody got to do the Devo in Capernaum. And it was just so cool to be right there and for him to, to, to talk about all the miracles and everything that happened uh, there in Capernaum. And so, so much had already happened there. And this crowd, they were even part of the, of the crowd that were, that were fed from, from five pieces of bread and from two pieces of fish. But they wanted more signs. We can't give them a complete hard time, though. There is some sincerity here. There's some sincerity, and, and we see that uh, when in, in verse 30, it says, Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So he's showing them that it all comes from God and that he comes from God and that he's the forever bread given to them. And, 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 and I say sincerity and I, and I, and because I'm looking at the response of Jesus to them. You know, they're like, well, well what do we do? And then, the, yes, they're asking for these signs and we've got to be weary, we've got to be leery of that in our own hearts. It's like, you know, what more is it that we want instead of just coming to Jesus for who he is and abiding in him for who he is? And that's the point that he's bringing them to. But, but, you know, they, they have Moses. They, they have all of this history. And, and so there, there's that sincerity part of it, too, of like, hey, you know what? When we were in the desert, we had manna. We had it. And, and it was given, to, uh, and he gave them bread from, uh, from heaven to eat. And Jesus, in verse 33, for the, bread of God, or, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So he's sharing this, and then in verse 35, he really hits home when he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And in this next section of, 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 of verses, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Some of the people that are there, there's, there starts this murmuring, like, wait, 
we know, we, we know your mom and dad. We, we know where you came from, right? But, but hold on. This is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent. But they're stuck. Some of these hard sayings. Like, hey, we know your mom and dad. And just kind of a side note. Jesus is talking about being the bread of life. Where was Jesus born? You guys can speak up. Bethlehem. And Bethlehem is the house of what? Bread. Remember, that's why Ruth wanted to get back there. Like, man, we got, you know, like, like this house of bread. So in the house of bread was born who? The bread of life. I love little connections like that. So we know your mom and dad. And when Jesus is talking to them about the manna, you know, the, 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 the manna, however you pronounce it, the, 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 the manna was for the Israelites. The manna was for that specific people, for that specific time, for the Israelites in the desert. But Christ, Christ is the bread for the whole world. And he's bringing them to that point. And what's the point? Him. Him. And the point's Salvation. The point is that great reconciliation of what he is doing, the work that he's doing to bring everyone back together. That's not just for the Jew, but it's for us Gentiles. And I happen to see the clay camps in the crowd and, 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 and their son, Micah, this is totally left field. I got to be a roommate, his roommate in Ukraine, and he'll, he uses Gentiles. He'll just like in the moment, like if he hits his finger, Gentiles, Gentiles, left field. But the, that's it, though. The, it's, it's not just for the Israelites. It's not just for the Jew. It's also for us. It's for the Gentiles. Okay, I'm going to read verses 48 through, through 55. Read along with me in your Bibles. Jesus says, before I start reading, let me just kind of recap. Uh, the crowd's there. They're, they're looking for signs. There's this little bit of sincerity to the signs, you know, just like, hey, you know, we had Moses, we had this stuff, can you show us something? He's, he's getting them to the point. And there's that murmuring, you know, there's that, wait, we know your mom and dad. But he's faithful with his answer and he continues on bringing them to him. And in 48, he says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. One more verse, 56. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Now back to the preview. 
What did we started with in verse 59? These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum, verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. And what was the work of God? That we believe in him who he sent. Back to verse 64. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. And from that time, this is a sad verse, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Some were offended. Some were edified. We've got to remember that Jesus is the stumbling block, but he's also the cornerstone. So always there are going to be those that are offended and there are going to be some that are edified. Some left without even hanging around to have things explained to them. You know, and as a disciple, I want to encourage us in this. As I was thinking about this and, and meditating on it, I, uh, I'm not a cook, but my mom is. My mom is from Georgia. She's an incredible southern cook. And if you ever get a chance to eat her food, talk to me, I'll invite you over. Anyway, but here's the thing. She's one of those pinch and dash people. Do you guys know cooks like that? Just a pinch and a dash. And how did she learn it? She learned it from hanging in the kitchen with her mom, with her sisters, with her cousins. And here's the deal. If you want to cook like she cooks, you've got to get in the kitchen. You've got to hang out with her. And so what's true in the physical, how much more is it true in the spiritual? Peter would say, hey guys, you haven't even seen Jesus, yet you love him, and we're going to receive our salvation so if it's true in the physical, how much more in the spiritual for us to abide in Jesus? So in the hard sayings with whatever it is that, that he's saying in your life or my life, we've got to say yes. We've got to say yes. And boom, arrive exactly where we're headed. He is the author and the finisher. But we have to say yes. These verses specifically, uh, you know, where, where it talks about where uh, he turned around to the, to, the, to the apostles, to the disciples, and he said, you know, are you also going to go away? A couple years back, uh, I have a testimony where I, I, was, I was in this place. Like, I, I lived out three days of just being bombarded with my past life. And I'm going to get through this without crying. I say that I am. 
And praise God for my wife because she just hung out with me for those three days. And, 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 I, and I would call it, the, the best word that I, can, that I can give it is it was kind of like this, this, this uh, existential dilemma. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I go to, go to church every Wednesday night? Why am I at church? Why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? You know, why, 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 why am I job? Why don't I be a little, you know, like just make a lot of money? And, and you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff, right? That we, you guys deal with that? Am I the only one? You know, uh, just, you know, having drugs in my past and like, oh, well, you know, it's legal now. Maybe it, just weird stuff. And, and my wife, Lisa, just hung out with me in it. And now at the time, I was not at this verse yet. But so for three days, I'm just like, Lord, what is going on? And he was calling me deeper. He was calling me deeper. And for me, what it was is he was inviting. He's like, man, you got to hang out with me. And he said these words to me, I'm your friend. You can talk to me. You can pray with me. And then that was the breaking. And then he led me right to this verse. And he led me right here. And, and uh, verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. This was the dilemma that I was going through. Then Jesus said to the 12, he was saying to me, JJ, do you also want to go away? And I could answer like Peter and say, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else to go. I told a pastor friend about this and uh, it was fresh at the time. And I loved his response. Here's what he said. Awesome. That was a gift. The Lord gave you a gift. And the Lord's giving you a gift. With whatever hard saying, with whatever there is in your life, it's to get to the end. So we're not only looking to him. Yeah, we want comfort. And, and there's some of you that like are dealing with some, some I mean, deep things with health. You know, I, I don't know what that's like. For whatever reason, I mean, praise God, I, I've, I've been healthy to this point. I, I, don't, I have no clue what that's like for you. But Jesus does. And he's telling you things just like he's telling me for where you're at right now. And he wants us to say yes. Amen? Rending a little early. Uh, it's, it's neat because as I talked to Amanda, I, I, w- I wondered if, if, if we would end early or not. And I was asking her if she would do a couple extra songs. And she already, the Lord had already put on her heart to do two songs to end us in worship. And, you know, as she comes up and, and we're, we're worshiping together, you know, like, what was this, what was this word for you? You know, what, 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 is, what is the heart saying? And I'll be a little transparent with you, or tr- I'll be transparent with you. One of, the, one, of the, one of the immediate ones right now for me is with my kids. My two boys are very, very different. My first boy is easy. My second boy, I, 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 but he's awesome. And here's the hard saying is Jesus is saying, you know what? You've got to father him. You have to father him. And then the Lord has given me these little ideas for him today of how to keep him organized. So what is it for you? So as we worship, you know, just put that before the Lord. And, and there's not a lot of us here tonight. And, 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 I, and I would just say this. If you're going to pray, like pray with each other. Ask somebody to pray for you. 
pray with each other. Cool? And, you know, for the sake of those on the radio, anyone who's here, if you don't know the, who the bread of life is, man, seek. Seek him out. And he wants to be found by you. And I'm not kidding when I say that, like, it's in your very DNA, like, like you know. And if the, Lord is, if the Lord is tugging on your heart, it is, it's, it's not JJ. It's, it's his word. It's who he is. And he's faithful to that. Listen to that. And it's not a small thing, you know, to be drawn, for, you know, to, be drawn to him that way, for him to be drawing me. That's the, the, the creator of the universe, the creator of you, is drawing you to himself. And he's a gentleman. And he'll wait. But why? Just say yes. And that initial moment of submission and that initial moment of humility, that's going to be the rest of your life. Welcome to the Christian walk. And it's rich. And then we get to hang out in heaven together. But that's between you and the Lord. And if that's your prayer tonight, if that's the prayer that you need, ask that person next to you to pray specifically for that. And if you're on the radio, man, today's the day. And he is. He's salvation. He put it all back together. Amen? All right, Amanda, if you would come up and lead us in worship. Let's pray. And she's coming up. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you, just uh, again, just back to that sound doctrine, just everything for tonight. Thank you for this intimate group of people here who made it through the snow. Thank you for those that are online. Um, we're a little jealous maybe that they're in pajamas and drinking hot, uh, hot coffee or tea, uh, but we'll get there. And Lord, I wanna, I wanna pray for everyone here as they leave and depart. Um, safe travels, um, it, you know, just Godspeed. Take it easy going out of the parking lot, you know, just, just be in no hurry. Just, just hang out in what we've heard with you tonight, Lord. Throw on, throw on some music and just, just, just worship and, 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 and just pray for that, Lord. We pray for safety. Um, and just every, everyone that's heard the word tonight, um, we thank you, Father, that you make yourself available, that you do allow us to come to you and that you're patient with us and that you always drive us to the point, to you. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for putting it all back together. And we look forward to that day where we're back in perfection with you. But until then, we say yes. In your name we pray. Amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223 or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.